Yo, yo, everybody. Welcome to the Sports Card Strategy Show. We are in episode 35. And because we have so many episodes under our belt now, I now have two co-hosts on today's episode. Brought to you by NoOffSeason.com. We have hosts of two of our other shows on our Sports Card Content Network with me on today's show. We have Kendall McKee, the catalytic lefty as always. And then we have our man down in Florida, our main man, Andy Kaysen from Football Card Quest on YouTube. And he is also the host of the Football Card Strategy Show here on the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Content Network. And I am Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. And I'm super excited to talk to these guys today. Since Andy's joining us, uh, we are going to talk a-, a lot about the NFL. So get ready for that. But also, Kendall is our host of the Soccer Card Strategy Show and the Baseball Card Strategy Show. And we're going to talk about soccer and baseball as well. So, guys, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining me. Happy to be here, Paul. Always blessed, my man. Ready to go. Ready to talk about cards. Let's. Let's do it. All right. So whether you are listening on Spotify or Apple or you are watching us on YouTube, we are going to continue to improve our production of the show. And uh, we want to make it interactive with you, the audience. So if you're on YouTube, drop us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know any questions that you have. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, uh, check us out on the Facebook group by going to sportscardstrategy.com. Click the link the quick link to join the Facebook group there. And uh, Andy, Kendall, and myself are always there um, participating and and answering questions. And it's a small group. We got just over 200 people now. So I think it's a good place to become part of the the community. You don't have to worry about your stuff getting buried with 30,000 members and a bunch of different comments. Uh, So I think it's just the right amount of people. And we'd love to see you there. All right, so let's jump in to the first topic of today's show. Um, Andy, you may or may not have anything to say about this one, but we will quickly get to football, so don't worry about that. I want to talk a little bit about soccer because there was something, Kendall, that I noticed over the weekend that uh, as I was doing research for the sports card investment report at nooffseason.com, which I tend to plug quite a bit when I talk about topics, um, I was doing research on a couple different guys, uh, Saka and Adeyemi. So Kareem Adeyemi and Bukayo Saka and Jude Bellingham. These are all guys that ESPN.com has ranked some of the top players age 21 or younger. And Bellingham and Adeyemi are in Bundesliga, and Saka is in the Premier League. And what just dawned on me as I was really digging in deep, Andy Kaysen style, into their cards, was the licensing issues that soccer card investors may or may not realize that they're facing. Now, I think a lot of you watching and listening are probably on top of this one. And if so, we would, we would love your, your take on your experience with this. Um, but if you're not, if you're just kind of getting, getting into sports card investing or soccer card investing, I will say that uh, tops, you know, having the Bundesliga license, having the UEFA Champions League license, um, being a little bit more on top of their game, putting RC logos on cards, and being in a position to showcase cards in a more timely fashion than Panini, uh, I think has made guys like Bellingham and Adeyemi 
more investable than Saka, whereas Saka might be a better player. You know, Kendall, you know more about soccer and you know more about soccer cards than many of us. And um, I think Saka being on Arsenal, which may be a better team than Dortmund, uh, for example, right? I don't know if that's the case or not, but I'm saying like the team that Bellingham and Adeyemi play for versus the team that Saka plays for. And then the fact that Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, etc. They each, I believe, only get a certain amount of entries into the Champions League. I think that that sometimes can affect the investability of a player's card. So Kendall, do you want to elaborate on this uh, for me? Tell me where, where I might have it right and where I might have it wrong. And then, and then Andy, if you have anything else to add from your perspective on this, uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. So Kendall, why don't you go ahead and go first? Well, I'll, I'll start off by saying you're correct by saying that Bellingham and Adiemi are in the Bundesliga, but in terms of cards currently, um, Adiemi's cards are from the Austrian Bundesliga because he just made the move to the Bundesliga this offseason. Like he's a brand new transplant to, uh, to Borussia Dortmund, and he uh, previously played for Red Bull Salzburg, which also is a Champions League team. So he does have cards in that set, but they're not uh, Dortmund cards yet i mean i mean they unless they're printed like you know less than a month ago so um so the small caveat there is it is there is they are in that set that you're talking about and they do have rc logos but you're going to see a salzburg um, jersey logo um from adiemi which people are fairly familiar with it is a red bull team so there's the red bull leipzig there's red bull salzburg there's red bull new york um so they have plenty of teams that's very recognizable plus you've got guys like aronson brennan aronson you've got uh erling halan uh that's that's come from them as well from the red bull logos um as well and so um but what I think you're asking here is the RC logo designation. For instance, the Premier League is, uh, has a Panini license. And so Arsenal, in fact, doesn't necessarily do that RC logo. They kind of do their, their rookie releases a little bit differently. Um, for instance, you'll see like the rated rookie stuff and things like that. It just looks like a cheaper product. I don't know how to explain that. Like mentally, I just feel like it's a lower bar of entry and Prism uh, soccer actually is not very accepted in terms of the general um, like consensus of card collectors. Actually, there's kind of a lot of hate in terms of the Prism product when it comes to soccer cards. So Top seems to have a general market share that's pretty dominated in, ter- in this sport specifically. And it reminds me actually of baseball, which is why I think it's so easy for me to translate to between both is Tops is the dominant um not species. That's what I was going to say. Tops is the dominant um, producer in those sports. Um, when you, and it kind of just dawned on me in the past couple of weeks, like I knew it was a present thing. But when I'm looking at, okay, which cards are investable and which cards are not, I'm, I've always been asking myself, okay, why is Mega Crack not as popular? Why is the Prism not as popular? Why is 
stickers not as popular. And I think it's because the general market share of the whales that are coming in are coming in and they want that Topps RC logo because typically they're coming yep. from other sports and this is what they know. And so it's easy for them to look at the card and be like, okay, that's his first one rather than all the confusion that we know that's behind soccer cards right now about like, what is a rookie card? You know, for instance, they might be in the league four five, six years before they get an official rookie card. You know, they might have 40 goals to their name before they get a rookie card designated logo by tops and so but still that card is the one that's going to hold value so an rc logo or, or, or rpa is you know or a uh, or or a rc um signature auto is uh is going to be something that's really really present another thing that's really unique about soccer cards is there's not a lot of on card autos and i wonder if that is going to be another designation of higher class investments and so I've been kind of diving into that, whether sticker autos are very, like people are investing in them, but I wonder if there's even a higher tier that people aren't really even paying attention to right now because soccer is such a craze. People are just like, that one's an auto, let me have it. I wonder if it's going to be an even higher designation when you talk about on-card autos because they're so much more rare because of the international shipping and everything. I'm sure they're just sending stickers to the car to the players rather than having to send, you know, oodles of cards, maybe all the way across the ocean, stuff like that. And all these countries have different sort of customs and shipping problems. And so anyway, all that to say, yes, I would say that Sokka might be the better player. Although I think the the window between Boon, or the window between Borussia Dortmund and Arsenal is closing, I think they're uh, they're both considered at this point. They're both kind of feeder teams um, that are just right on the teeter uh, or like teetering on um, the top of their of their league. Um, Arsenal has been there before, which helps them. They have a legacy. You know, you think of Thierry Henry and all those players that have come from Arsenal. But Dortmund is definitely pumping out some incredible prospects over the last 10, 15 years. And it's kind of vaulting themselves in the top two, three in Bundesliga. And I don't want to say that uh, Bayern Munich, top of the Bundesliga year after year, is not as good of a club as some of those English Premier League teams. Right. I would actually venture that some of those teams are actually better. And we've seen those teams win Champions Leagues and things like that. And England actually hasn't fared well in, uh, in the past you know, 20 years in terms of uh, Champions League experience overall. Now there have been winners. Chelsea has won at Man City. Um, I think um, Liverpool got to the finals this year, and and uh, and so there are English teams that are good. I'm not. I'm just saying that the way I look at it is England is the best league. Spanish has the best players, even though that's a little different now that Ronaldo and Messi are not there. And Germany has the best fans. But Bayern Munich is definitely a team that needs to be reckoned with. Um, and the Bundesliga sets are pretty pretty crazy. For instance, that Leipzig yeah. set right now, that Leipzig top set is incredibly expensive because of how many awesome autos are in the product. And so, like, they're doing specific team sets from tops now, and that's that's kind of a new thing, so. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I think those are investable cards, especially when you look at the RC logo, you look at the, the autos, the serial numbers, the prospects that are, that are either on the U.S. men's national team or just, just guys that are 21 and under that are in the Champions League on, on good, uh, not only club teams, but World Cup teams as well. 
Um, and so I know I noticed your shout out on the sly to uh, Southern Soccer Idiot. I think it's his uh, handle on YouTube, the Southern Soccer Idiot. I got a, he roasted uh, me, dog. He, he's a loyal he's a loyal uh, loyal audience member of the sports card strategy show and the soccer card strategy show where he has absolutely called out Kendall multiple yep. times in a nice way in a very I, nice I love it though way. I really do like the debate so yeah I do too and I and I have a conspiracy theory here um that because southern soccer idiot kind of reminds me of Andy Kaysen and Andy Kaysen is so uh <laughs> analytical driven but he's also like very you're not an idiot, intelligent in, in terms of how he articulates his points. I mean, he's just like, bang, 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 point, point, point. And so my conspiracy theory is like, is Andy Kaysen actually Southern soccer idiot? Andy? That would be hilarious. I, I do like the uh, self-deprecating humor there, but uh, no, I can, I can firmly say I'm not the Southern soccer idiot. Uh, I, do, I do think that there's a ton of growth potential in uh in football right global football not american football nfl even though the nfl is the highest revenue earning single sports league if you were to add up all the all the bundesligas the premier leagues all these uh soccer or uh, you know global football leagues across the world i mean they way uh, they earn more revenue than the nfl mlb nba combined you know so it's it's pretty wild to think uh, how big of a sport that is and, and how their cards are just kind of like, you know, they've definitely caught up a lot, but I think they were the last sport to kind of kind of catch on fire in the uh, sports card boom, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's because of all the, all the different products. You know, like it's so – it's easy in America to get like one product. It's coming out. It's hitting the shelves. You know, it's been the way since for 70 years. You know, Tops and Panini have kind of been the thing, you know, but like, Panini has had a whole lot of European influence and a lot of European uh, domination over the last, you know, what recent history. Um, but there's also Mega Crack and all this stuff. And trying to figure out all those cultures and saying like, no, this is the brand that you need to be buying is kind of a hard uh, thing. That's kind of we are seeing it happening now, but it's taken a long time to kind of get there. Um, and I think that's just due to global yeah. expansion. So. Yeah, I also think um, just real quick on this point about soccer, maybe one of the one of the reasons why it's it's been slower to come along in sports card investing because we all know sports card investing is very different than just um, watching major sports on TV. Sports card investors are very savvy when it when it comes to finding the next thing, you know, uh, digging down deep and, and finding like the next sleeper area to invest in. So I don't think that um, the interest level in soccer hasn't been there for sports card investors. My, my theory is that it's confusing. You have to have a Kendall McKee uh, passion for following global football to understand how the systems work because you have five or six leagues that are significant, uh, none of which follow the traditional league system that we all grow up with in America. Like, you know, for those of you who are, who, who are um, not, uh, not American residents, you're watching this from around the world, you know, shout out. I'm, I'm in Valencia, Spain right now, but um, basically 
I grew up obviously in the United States. And so I think for those of us that grew up in the United States, we understand sort of like middle school, high school, some AAU, some, some different other leagues around high school, but then college, maybe some other leagues around college. But then ultimately there's a draft. There's a freaking draft in every single one of our sports. And that makes it easy to do research because we can go, where was this yeah. guy drafted? Yeah. Oh, we can, we can go to NFL.com, NBA.com, MLB.com, et cetera nhl.com and we can look at the draft that just happened you know we can go back draft by draft by draft there there is not that in global football i mean for for somebody like me who, who's a sports geek it's still confusing i still have to try to ask kendall 73 times how things work and i still don't understand it so there's really no go-to place for that information maybe there's transfer market there's other things like that but it's still a little bit confusing so anyway I think that, but I do think that like with more and more interest with, with the U S being more involved in having a competitive team in international play and upcoming world cups, all these things are making, making soccer uh, a great place to go. So my last point on soccer for today, unless Kendall brings us around to it at some point in the show is, um, you know, you know, Messi, who is number 37 on the sports card investment report, and he's listed as a goat, obviously, in our, in our categorization of our goats, heroes, and flyers at no offseason. He just scored five goals in a game for the second time in his career. Now, this was against Estonia, and it was in friendly competition. But, uh, Kendall, does this have any – the so performances impressive. like this have any bearing on soccer card investors, maybe even people who – you know, we're kind of talking about people who – are fringe soccer card investors. They're, they're sports card investors and they might dabble in soccer. And or people who are like diehard soccer card investors. Do, do these, does this have any kind of significance the way that it would say if uh, Deshaun Watson comes in and throws, you know, five or six touchdown passes in his first game as a Cleveland Brown? Because I think, you know, Andy can probably comment on what would happen if, if that does occur. But what, what happens if, you know, when this kinds of things happen with Messi? Uh, oddly enough, I really don't think this affects Messi's value um, because we know he's that guy. You know, like we, Messi's, I, I don't know if Messi's value can go up exponentially by scoring five goals because like everyone kind of expects that that has, that it, that's already baked into his price. Let's just put it that way. Um, and so when a guy like Messi scores five goals, especially against a, a friendly the way he did, you know, like um, it, it, it's not something that's going to, you know, exponentially rise his value. And if anything, I think what it has done for Messi is it's kind of reminded everybody, oh, I'm still here. You know, like I, I'm still, I'm still very, very good at what I do, you know? And, and I think over the past couple of months with him being at PSG and having a lot of questions and needing to, you know, like people have been asking like, is Messi kind of washed, you know, like we, we watched him go to PSG and he didn't, he wasn't Barcelona Messi. And that's because I think Messi is more of a uh, fundamental team member. Uh, like the whole thing has to be built around Messi for Messi to be what he is because of the style of play the it, it, and I'm not saying that 
Messi is not as good standalone, but I'm saying like he's got to have a specific style to fit inside where he can kind of lay back. And I don't want to get into that right now, but like if you put Ronaldo on any team, he's going to be Ronaldo no matter what, you know, because he's just athletic and like he's just going to go find the ball and, you know, he's big, he's fast, he's strong. But like Messi needs like the teammates that are very important for him to be able to do what he does. And, and I like that. But anyway, I don't want to get into that much more than what I just did. Um, but what I do want to say is it would, it would remind people that, hey, Messi is still the goat. Like he's still Messi, you know. And so if nothing else, it prevents people from selling his cards in a, in a panic sale that they're like, Oh, well, I've invested in Messi over the past six months, right before he got into his PSG window. Like I have to sell now before I lose, you know, all my bags. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Um, because like right now we're seeing the dip in Messi's value, but I think it's not, he's not going anywhere. If you bought six months ago, don't sell right now. You know, like I would actually put it in a vault and just save it because that's one of those goats that's going to go up forever and ever. It's the Maradona effect. Argentina is going to, even when Messi retires, they're going to parade him around like he's, you know, some superstar forever and ever and ever. I do think his brand exposure is not going to be as good as, as Maradona or as Ronaldo's just because of the person he is. He's not the guy who's going to show up and show out. But uh, I think with him owning um, shares of Inter Miami, if that's in fact true, is going to be really unique um, because then that that might mean that he moves to America and retires in Miami. Um, not not I, I'm talking about after his football career is even over. Like yes, he might end up coming to the MLS, which I think would do a lot for his brand value in terms of sports cards collecting because of the U.S. connection with sports cards. Um, but. Uh, I think he ends up retiring in Miami and I think the inter Miami link. And if he's involved in the front office anywhere, there could be really big, especially if he pulls that franchise out of the gutter and things like that. So um, just don't sell Messi, please. That's all I'm saying. Is it kind of yeah, like I think sometimes uh, you know, a lot of the, I was, Paul was going to relate it. Is it kind of like uh, to Tom Brady throwing five touchdowns, you know, yeah. in week one, and and people say, oh, the hype is the hype is spiking. You got to sell, right? Yeah, don't do that. Do not sell on a five touchdown Tom Brady first. No, hold that thing so that when he's, you know, like when that card's worth a bazillion dollars, you know, like you can just sell shares of it or something. I don't know. <laughs> yes, that is very yeah. similar. Yeah, Andy, I, and I was gonna say, like, I think I also think of, you know, I've noticed a lot of messy sales um doing my research for no off season and one of the one of the companies that i think does an amazing job obviously is slab stocks with their their daily slab email so i follow that constantly and you know messy um the sales on both pwcc marketplace and on ebay have been more and more frequent this summer and they're pretty significant and so i think that um i Those think people that, are dumb. you know yeah, I think, I think Kendall, you could, you know, definitely comment on this, but my take is like, sometimes we overcomplicate things as sports card investors and as prospectors, and we get really excited about the new shiny draft pick and the new shiny prospect. And the reality is like, and this is where I think our guy, Paul Fisher, you know, in the Facebook group and on the show kind of hammers home, like the goats, the goats, the goats. 
And so you've got a goat like Messi who's still got markers ahead of him, to your point, Kendall. Um, and so sometimes it's like, hey, not only don't sell, but, you know, he's probably a buy to a certain extent as well still. So um, I do yeah. think it is like Tom Brady throwing five touchdown passes. To a and, and goats having influence of other goats. I actually have Cristiano Ronaldo uh, to thank for kind of influencing Tom Brady to come back. You know, yeah, was, that had you saw that, <laughs> man, that was hilarious. Are you talking about the photo where he's in the crowd? Yeah. Oh, actually, Tom Brady took his son and they met with Cristiano Ronaldo after the game. And there's a little clip of Cristiano Ronaldo saying, hey, uh, Tom, are you retiring? Or are you coming back? And Tom's like, uh, and that was after Ronaldo had the hat trick. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't know that. So I saw the tweet of him sitting in the crowd when Ronaldo gets the hat trick and he like looks real inquisitive. And the tweet was like, is this the moment where Tom Brady realized he's not done? <laughs> I think that was it, man. I think it was that conversation he had I, after the game. Yeah. With him. I think he saw Ronaldo and he's like, God dang it. I got to keep stepping up. <laughs> That's great. That's so funny. I heard, I heard LeBron James, his 50-point performance this season when he was playing small ball center for the Lakers also may have had an impact on Brady. So it feels like Brady's like following the goats from these other sports and going, all right, I'm not done yet. But, but how fortunate are we really? How fortunate are we really that we get to watch Ronaldo, Messi, LeBron, Tom Brady? I mean, like, we literally have some of the best that have ever played sports ever, ever in all the sports, and we're just getting to watch them. I mean, Mike, Mike Trout, for instance, throw Mike Trout in there. We're very yeah. fortunate. <laughs> even, even Tiger Woods has made uh, some of right. the comeback, even now from another crazy injury, you know? And, I mean, if you're, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm ready yet, but like Connor McDavid is also on the ice, you know, like, yeah. wow, we're fortunate. For sure. Yeah. So speaking of goats, we talk about, having a good balance of goats and flyers in your sports card investing portfolio. So let's take it to the flyers real quick. And let's uh, talk to Kendall about baseball before we deep dive, jump into football for uh, a big portion of the show with Andy. But um, Kendall, I want to give a shout out to a couple of our YouTube commenters, Chad Mayer and Duncan cards uh, who are also uh, challenging you a little bit on the baseball side of things, L less intense than Southern Soccer Idiot. Although <laughs> I kid, Southern Soccer Idiot's just very intelligent, and um, he's he's definitely uh, we love his comments and we love his takes, and he's very appropriate with how he does it. But so are Chad and Duncan. So basically, um, Chad and Duncan are both kind of a they're asking about a couple guys that we haven't talked about yet, which is why I just wanted to work this work this into today's show. So yeah. one of the guys is. Um, a Dodgers prospect by the name of Miguel Vargas, who I believe is in AAA right now. And he has yeah. some investable cards. Obviously, he's got our, our favorite Bowman Chrome First autos and all that good stuff. Uh, give us your take on, on Vargas um, for the sake of uh, um, Chad. So I'm actually very high on Vargas. Um, and I'm, I'm more or less more excited about him in real life like you know cards is like okay but i'm actually very excited about vargas becoming an up-and-comer in the dodger system just 
not even from a fantasy perspective, just sheer I love baseball perspective. I'm excited about Vargas coming up. I think he's a really toolsy player. He's young at a AAA level. He's a 22 at a AAA level. Uh, he's 24% better than league average uh, at the AAA level with a 16.8% strikeout percentage, which is phenomenal. That means he's totally ready to take over that spot at third base. And I think it's just – I think the Dodgers have held him down just out of respect for Justin Turner. Justin Justin Turner has been their third baseman forever and ever. Amen. And they even signed him back to kind of a legacy deal. Like you've seen with like Brett Gardner or something being a Yankee longer than he deserves to be a Yankee athletically, but they're going to make him a Yankee because he's, he is the Yankees. If that makes sense. So I think Justin Turner is that player for the Dodgers, even though Justin Turner has been incredible. I'm not saying that he's like washed and that he just, you know, he's just, it's like the old folks legacy deal that they gave him. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is <clears throat> potentially Miguel Vargas is going to take over that third base role after Turner is out. And Vargas is a nasty hitter. I love the way that he presents himself in the box. He he's doing what he's doing at an elite level. Um, and investability, I think he's, he's undervalued currently. Um, it, there's other guys that I would rather have in that little spectrum of where he's at in terms of his buy profile, because I think there's deeper plays that you can make there. And I, and, and for me, he's kind of not in a flyer term. He's kind of moving between a flyer and a star, and, but he's just not exactly getting MLB time yet. And so I think he'll be there quickly. So if you're trying to get a guy that's um, going to, to move quick from the minors to the majors, then Vargas is definitely a guy you're going to be looking for. So if you're, if you're looking for the two to three year flip rather than like uh, most of baseball cards are, you know, like you're digging through the, the dollar boxes to find the guys that are going to explode in value. That's kind of the difference between baseball and, and maybe football or, or basketball is like, it's a lot, um, the, the exponential return is a lot higher potentially from guys that you can find just way out in the, you know, way out in the dollar boxes, but Vargas is nice. His autos are super cleaned as well. I think that's another thing that 2020 set his, his, it's very clear. It says Vargas, very clear every single time. And I was like, I, I like that. I appreciate that as a card collector. And I think that actually goes into his value as well. Um, when you see that, yeah, see, look, Vargas underlined. It's that way every single time. And uh, I love his cards. I'm a big investor. I'm a big uh, fan of his. I actually got into him a little late, to be honest. And so um, I don't have as many Vargas cards as I'd like um, and, and because I waited too long. I believed that some other guys were going to, in the Dodgers system, were going to rise above him, and they never did. So uh, I'm a little late on Vargas, which is why I don't have as many bags in him as I would like. But um, I do love him as a prospect. Cool. So, yeah, like this graph chart that we're looking at right now is uh, his 2020 Bowman Sapphire Edition Chrome Prospect Auto. And um, at nooffseason.com, we've been doing in our sports card investment report sort of a play of the month for each, each not each profile, but anytime we see uh, data like this, we kind of call it out in a play of the month for each guy now. And so what I like Vargas may fit that profile because you see his uh, PSA 10 of this particular card is down. There's not a huge sample size in sales, but yeah. it is down. And so it appears to be a good buying time right now. 
this is obviously from marketmoversapp.com by Sports Card Investor, where you can get your first month for only $1 if you use the promo code no offseason. Uh, it's a great tool, so we would love you to do that. But uh, thanks for the question, um, Chad, and uh, thanks for the answer there, Kendall. And then the other guy that uh, Chad asked about on YouTube is Vinny Pasquantino, um, who, based on my research, uh, does not have Bowman cards. He has Prism and uh, he has Contenders, obviously non-licensed from Panini, and there are some autos. But um, I do not know anything about this guy. Kendall, do you have anything to add about Vinny, Vinny Pasquantino? Yeah, Vinny is definitely a guy who's rising in a lot of systems and a lot of, uh, in a lot of top 100 lists. At JustBaseball.com, he's actually sixth in our Royals top 30. Um, so for, he's not exactly in our top 100 list. But if you look at the profile that we have on our top 30 Royals prospects, he's number sixth. Uh, when you look at the outlook, we have said, don't be surprised if he is the top 100 in our next update. And I think that's true across the board. Vinny is hitting really well. He, he excels at the thing that makes card values happen. He excels at getting hard contact to the ball very commonly. And so when you look at his actual stats at the AAA level, he's got uh, under a 15% K percentage, just like Vargas, very excelling at bat-to-ball contact, 285 average. Um, but the thing that he's really excelling at is his, is his ISOs are 352. I mean, he's hitting the ball very hard at very consistent rate. I mean, he's got 15 home runs at the AAA level already. Like the guy's killing the yeah, ball. He's definitely going to come up. He's definitely coming up quick. Um, he's got a 160 WRC plus, which means he's 60% better than the league average. So he's very, very good. The only thing that I would say here, which would prevent him from being a buy uh, compared to other players, is traditionally speaking, first basemen don't offer a whole lot of value at the top end. Um, in card collecting. When you are looking at positional um, uh, card collecting, it seems up the middle is very valuable. For instance, uh, shortstop, center field, DHs are sometimes pretty valuable because of how explosive they can be. But even when you look at a guy like Jordan Alvarez, who is a bona fide top five player in the league and is getting na like national attention right now, still he is an undervalued player for what he does at the plate. And I think Vinny Pascantino is gonna uh, is gonna fit that same profile. He profiles to me to Anthony Rizzo. That's what we've said on our uh, JustBaseball.com as well. Um, but he could have the Ty France effect, like what we're talking about, and where he's steadily ignored and just continues to hit and continues to hit and continues to hit, and which is why companies like Tops don't like. <laughs> they like to make flashy people in their sets. For instance, Acuna Jr. or Acuna, the third brother, he's like not he's like 16 barely, and they put him in this new set. He's not even playing professional ball yet. Even like across um, in uh, in his home country, he's not even playing it. And so, like that is such a they make Tatis the second Tatis a card. But Pascantino doesn't have a card. Like this is Dustin Harris 2.0. Dustin Harris is a first baseman who is the who is profiled as MLB's top uh, or top. Or I think he's number three or in the beginning of the report. MLB's uh, first base prospects of the year. Um, Dustin Harris just now got a first Bowman card. 
and he's been in the and he's been in the minors for years and years. And I think uh, this is the same with uh, Pascantino. I think he will get a first Bowman card in this next set. So when it comes out in Bowman Chrome, I believe now there's no data behind that, but I believe that Vinny will get a card this year. Um, but at that point, he's it's going to be baked into his value. Like you're not going to be able to go find his value right. somewhere else. So um, I he's would not invest, a prospect at that point. Right. I would invest other places personally, but I think Vinny is very good at what he does. But him being a first baseman and him, like seeing how Anthony Rizzo, Albert Pujols, all those guys that started as first baseman and were very good players and their value is not skyrocketed, I'm not going to choose to invest my dollars there. Nice. Love it. Great analysis on Vinny Pasquantino and Miguel Vargas. Really appreciate that. And because Pasquantino only has unlicensed cards, this is actually a perfect segue over to our main man down in Tampa, Florida, the one and only Andy Kaysen from Football Card Quest and the host of the Football Card Strategy Show on NoOffseason.com Sports Card Content Network. Andy, before we let you do your thing about the football card market, the data, and all that's gone on this offseason and the impact that it's going to have on cards and whose cards it will have the most impact on. I want to talk to you about a couple unlicensed cards that I found uh, over the weekend that caught my eye as potential plays. And I say potential plays lightly because these are very new and probably don't have a huge market. And I, I tend to reach sometimes, but I like to reach because for the audience sake, of course. Um, so let's start with an interesting one. Deion Sanders' son, who plays quarterback for him, uh, Shadur Sanders, I believe is going to be NFL draft eligible either in 2023 or 2024. And he has an unlicensed card for a company called Onyx, which the diehards may already know about but the people that are just getting into sports card investing uh, may or may not know about. And so for those of you watching, I'm going to bring it up on my screen here, but we're looking at a Shadur Sanders 2021 Onyx Vintage Collection College Blue Ink Auto out of 400. Andy, whether or not you know anything about Shadur um, playing D2 down in Florida for his, his uh, Hall of Fame father, or just your take it's on D1, unlicensed though. products like D2. this in general. You're right, D1, but I think it's like uh, it's FC, the FCS second level of D1. Yes, yes. Thank you for thank you for correcting me on that, Kendall. Uh, it's the former, I believe it's formerly D2 because yeah. I'm old. I get that wrong. <laughs> uh, it is D1. Uh, but uh, Andy, what's your take on uh, Shadur and these types of cards? Well, I, I think it, it, it all comes down to the entry price point, right? If, if you can go ahead and secure an on-card autograph, a Shador now, just with the, you know, the, the fame that he's going to have being Deion Sanders' son. And I do know that Deion Sanders here at uh, Jackson State College is, you know, through the new name image likeness program, they're able to pay college players. I've heard that Deion is putting quite a bit of money out on the line to bring in better players to the school. Mm -hmm. So it, that, that makes it very interesting because they are in, you know, a very uh, smaller college division. 
Um, but I will say Shadour does have an, a 79th percentile scouting grade at this point. And at 6'2", 215, that's a very interesting prospect. And he's definitely going to have some fame uh, and some name recognition. He looks a lot like his dad, too. So, you know, draft eligible in 2024, I think you could see that hype peak around 2024. I do expect there to probably be like a Sage card that comes out, maybe a Leaf Pro set that also comes out with his autograph on it that could be interesting buys. The one thing I don't like about these unlicensed cards is that they don't have any team names, um, you know, or team logos of, of the college school on the front. But when they do have that autograph, that is that is very nice because you're essentially getting an autograph to this player. And they're, they're, this is like, you know, the youngest that they're going to get when, they, when they're signing cards. So I do think that that has some really cool collectability and investment appeal to it. Yeah, I think my so my thought process with this type of thing is like, okay, the play would the the play to me is obvious, but then there are also obvious concerns. The play is buy now while there's a really low entry level point because it is unlicensed because it's Onyx, which I think I mean, how many card company names would you have to name before you get to Onyx? I mean, at least probably <laughs> seven or eight, maybe even twelve. I thought it was actually 40. a subset, to be fair, but. I I thought it was the old rap group with with Fredro Star. Uh, All right, Onyx, dude, you are again, aging yourself. Don't how, do that. To shows yourself. how old I am. Don't do anyway, that to yourself. I gotta stop. I gotta stop doing that to myself. Onyx. Uh, anyway, I the play is to is to buy now and then uh, flip when on NFL Draft Day 2024. I mean, it's it's plain as day. The concern that you just brought up though is what other cards come out between now and then, which is two years from now. Is there a leaf? Is there a leaf pro set is a great call, Andy. I'm, I love that you brought that up because that is a more recognizable um, card design. You've got the 1989 design that people recognize. You've got the 1990 design that people recognize. And even though uh, leaf and Brian Gray haven't been able to actually put uh, team logos on them because of the licenses, they have, I think done a pretty nice job with those designs with like the Trevor Lawrence sets and things like that. So um, that's interesting. So I'm not, 100% sold on this particular Shadur Sanders set. There are, um, there are on-card autos. There are um, different color ink that co coincides with, the, with the, the print run. So, like, I think it's red out of 25. You know, this is blue out of 400. And, and, I, and the market seems That's to be pretty cool. stable for what, what these cards are going for uh, at a uh, ink color uh, print run level. Yeah, I think it's it's actually pretty, I think it has potential legs. Andy, I think you're right about the price point. I think in order to make money on these cards, you have to you have to buy at a really, really low entry level price point. And then I think you got to flip on draft day and just hope that, um, you know, Dion and Shadur and other people involved, I think, I think his name image likeness deal is actually maybe with a company associated with Tom Brady in some way. Uh, I, I think I, I ran across that. I might be I might, I don't have all the details on that and I might be getting it uh, incorrect, but I think I'm right on that. So he's an interesting guy. I saw a Super Bowl ad uh, that he was in this past year uh, with, with his, his father, obviously. And so I think we can, we can expect to hear more from this young man and he's an interesting one. So the other one I wanted to talk to you about. Um, before can I ask we a question there before you do that? Yeah, go ahead, Kendall. So Andy, have you looked this card up on eBay at all? I have not. So if you were to just to guess, where would you think that this thing at? Yeah, so that's, that's a great question. 
I would want to spend somewhere under $30 for this card. Okay. Okay. That's, to feel that's good pretty good. Uh, most are selling uh, between uh, 10 and 20 dollars right now yep. see i think that's i think that's very solid for an on-card autograph of this young man because you know you could look at the uh the bowman u uh product uh college product and and that's where you're gonna like i think that's a very good entry price point um because the quarterbacks in, in that product even third round quarterbacks like malik willis that don't appear to have a, a starting chance in 2022 unless there's an injury are still selling right now for around fifty to sixty dollars, so at at a minimum. So you know, I think that uh, under twenty is a very good price point. Yeah, you see right here, that, Kendall. I'm really glad you asked that because let's give the real data here, right? So, so one sold on May thirty first for six fifty, uh, the Blue Ink Auto, and then you've got a lot of them right here. May twenty fifth looks like it went for under fourteen ninety nine. You've got as low as five fifty, as high as uh, nineteen ninety nine, twenty you know twenty one dollars, et cetera. There's a red ink auto out of twenty five SGC nine that sold for one ninety nine ninety nine. So as you get into the lower print runs with the red ink, you get uh, higher higher sales, obviously. But certainly a blue ink auto out of four hundred, taking a flyer on a guy like this for fifteen bucks, um, it could pay off. So we'll see. Um, good stuff. So the other guy that I wanted to ask you about specifically is related to the Bowman U, uh, 2022 product. And Kendall's going to chime in here after Andy and kind of give his, um, his experience with this particular product if he wants to. But, um, there, there's the two big QBs, you know, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. To me, I would avoid them, you know, because I think that they're probably with this new product coming out, there's the hype of a new product and there's the hype of the top players in the new product. And they're no secret. The good news is they're in the product. The bad news is I think they're overpriced, but then you've got other QBs that could get drafted later in the first round. We saw a guy like Justin Herbert. What did he get drafted like 15th overall by the chargers a few years ago? So does a guy like Tyler Van Dyke, for example, in Miami, does he move up in the first round? And is his Bowman U card now a potential play? Because you've got the out of 99 green refractor auto. You've got the out of 199 lava refractor auto. And I'll bring these up on my screen here for those of you watching. Um, what's your take on Bowman U overall? And are there, are there quarterback plays? Are there position plays? Good or bad with that product, Andy? What's your, what's your thought? Yeah, so I, I like the, the Bowman U concept coming out of the gate because, and I'm sure Kendall could speak to this, but it has that Bowman first rookie card logo. Um, and I was really attracted to that because that is very well known in baseball circles uh, and, and baseball collectors, investors. They consider that as the true rookie card. However, when we come to football, you know, actually getting that product in hand, having bought a, a hobby box and ripped it on my channel, um, not all the cards have the Bowman First logo. And then what they also did is they made several variations of the base card. They made a Bowman Chrome variation, then they made a base paper variation. And, and then there's multiple uh, photograph variations of that to where some don't have the Bowman First logo uh, and some some have different photo variation. I was like, if, if they're going to print that much of an unlicensed product, which already struggles in the football card marketplace in the first place, why not stick to just a, a chrome finish? 
So I have been, you know, moving away from buying the sealed Bowman U product to just targeting specific singles of guys that I like. Um, they also excluded a lot of the best draft picks from, from this year's draft class, like Brees Hall is not in there. Uh, my guy Rashad White that was drafted to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is not in there. So there's, there's several guys that aren't in the Bowman U product that were drafted this year that I think were big misses by Tops and Bowman in, in that set. And then I think they just made too many of the base variation. I think they should have stuck to that premium chrome finish, the chrome stock, which is a nice car. Yeah, those are good points. And um, Kendall, do you have anything to add from your perspective before we talk about these particular singles? Because I do like what Andy's saying about, okay, you know, the boxes are one thing, but then the singles are another. So we kind of have to separate. We have to, related to a product, we really have to mm -hmm. do our best to clearly separate those for, for the audience. So what's your take on like the, the product in general on your experience? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Andy on this. I was super motivated to buy it uh, when it for, was first coming out. Like when I first saw the uh, the first look of the checklist and everything, I was like, oh, got to have some of that for sure. You know, like especially with Bowman being, you know, kind of my thing, you know, we've just had we thought it would just fly off the shelves because in in my perspective, it was kind of the first top slash phonetics like slap in the face to panini that was kind of my perspective of it is like okay this is probably going to take off but after ripping some of it and after seeing sales and stuff i'm i'm disappointed in in how slow it's moved and i and i don't know particularly why uh, i would say that andy you're right in in the fact of like there's the checklist is is top heavy uh, I'm not exactly sure if you said it that way, but that's how I would say it is as top heavy. Um, and there's only a few guys that are chaseable. Um, and then everyone else is probably going to have cooler cards in the future. Um, and so I, I personally, um, so T, um, my, my uh, co-owner of Wild Cards Trading, his son has bought a lot of this stuff because he likes college football. He's, def he's way into it. He's also young. Um, so like he doesn't understand the investability of cards right now. He's all about collecting cards, which is totally cool. I'm not dogging that at all. If you guys are collectors on the show, fine. That's great. Typically that's not what the show is about, but um, we're totally cool with investors and collectors as well. But like from this product, it's hard to imagine like, for instance, Lawson was pulling like $60 cards of running backs. And I'm like, dude, sell those right now. You know, like that's not going to get any higher than right now. But for the most part, these cards aren't moving. Um, and so I would say that, Andy, you're completely correct by singles over the batch. Um, and if you want to buy more batches, we're selling them on loop every Friday. Please come buy some. So. <laughs> there you go. Help, help out wild cards trading. And... Uh... They are. I, I do think. I agree. I do think that products like this can be cool for collectors, especially young collectors. And, um, but but yeah, on the single side, Andy makes a good point. Like, and when I look at a guy like Tyler Van Dyke, for example, who early mock draft projections have him as like a mid first rounder at quarterback, and anything can happen. Football is obviously a game where injuries occur all the time. Um, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks. Um, draft stock completely plummet due to 
whatever this extra season is that they were supposed to improve their stock. And so I'm not saying that this is a surefire pick, but I, I do think that if you can target like a green refractor first Bowman out of 99 auto, even though it's a sticker auto, we're looking at one of a projected mid first round pick potentially at quarterback for $91. And then that's a sale. And then, and then a $60 sale of, of a lava refractor out of 199. In my opinion, these are recognizable designs, beautiful designs. People are going to have different opinions on that, but I, I don't think there's any doubt that these are investable cards. I just think, uh, Andy, what, what's the, what's your take on the risk level of a play like this? Because again, the play would be the same as Shadur Sanders to me. It would be nothing other than buy them now if you can get them for this price and sell them on, literally on draft day in anticipation of Tyler Van Dyke being a first round pick. But a, a crap ton can happen between now and then. So give us your, give us your take on, on uh, whether or not you would look at doing something like this. I, I think it's very interesting. Um, I do think that you do have some downside at a price point like $60, right? I mean, if you just technically uh, – is, is this one numbered? This one looks like it's numbered out of – Out of 199 uh, $199. Okay, so I like that because the scarcity alone, the fact he's a quarterback, it's, it's autographed, I think will at least maintain, you know – bucks. So you're not really, you know, paying up a whole lot for for his athletic ability at this point, just based on the scarcity of the card, which I do like. And if he goes mid first round, I think that absolutely presents a nice uh, flip opportunity. We've seen Kenny Pickett's uh, Bowman Chrome Refractor autograph card just like this going for six, seven hundred dollars just recently. And that's what his Bowman Chrome U uh, refractor autos are selling for and he went towards the end of the first round however he was the only first round quarterback drafted this year so it's a little bit different story plus the Steelers have that massive fan base but what's to say the Steelers aren't in the market for a quarterback again next year if, if this doesn't work out with Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky this year so uh, and then you have a, a few teams that are going to be in the market for a quarterback next year as well and even possibly even more if, if a lot of these 2021 guys don't work out so I think it, it, the right market size, you know, the the right draft pedigree can absolutely see that card spike to several hundred dollars if it's the only one out for him because how, of how liquid that that autograph is, and then you add in the serial number, and so I love those aspects, and I think it, you know that's a, that's a solid flyer uh, for a quarterback. I think that's a really you know solid investment point. I think that um, the the what got me thinking this way is. Two things. One, you got to be super creative, I think, to make money doing this. And that's what we try to do on, on these shows. Um, and two, you know, we just had Prism 2021-22 come out. The big, the big thing everyone's talking about, obviously, is that it's June and it normally, normally comes out in October or November. So that's a big deal. And I think that, you know, projecting into the future, it's probably not going to take June. But even if, even if it, does even if prism 2022-23 doesn't come out until November or December to me there's there's a flippable window between when when a guy like Tyler Van Dyke would get drafted holding the Bowman Bowman U card that we're talking about the first chrome serial numbered auto 
there's still like a potential three to four month window during the football season where if he's playing or there's any kind of hype around him, that could be his card uh, for, for several months before the first real pro release comes out. So that's kind of my way of segueing you into um, more pro football talk at this point, which is the release of 2021-22 Prism. So So let's talk about the football card market as a whole. We sit here in early June 2022. Um, Andy, you're in this all the time. So give us your overview on uh, where we sort of stand and your, your key points of what you've been finding when you look at the NFL football card market right now. Well, yeah, and th- that's it, Paul. Right now, we're in the heart of the offseason. Of course, you have the, the OTAs going on or the offseason uh, team activities. This is a voluntary workout. So the little tiny bits of news that we're getting from these events are kind of driving a little bit of hype uh, spikes for certain players. But overall, the market is very much down. I'm looking at graded sold, uh, graded card sold volume the last seven days for virtually every player, including Herbert, Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Tua, Jalen Hurts. They're all down about 50%. Auction volumes are down. I, I think that's a culmination of, of several things. You got, you know, NBA finals and MLB heating up. And, and then you also have the release of NFL Prism. That was just this past Friday. And I think a lot of people have been starving for this product for so long that they've turned their attention to it. So they're doing more breaks. There's also a ton of singles already in the eBay marketplace. And so I think a lot of attention has gone to that. And, and none of those cards are graded yet. They're, they're all raw in the wild right now. So it's, it's interesting. So what do you do when a new product comes out like this? Um, whether or not the market is up or down, there seems to be whenever a new product comes out, there's a huge spike in that one particular product. And then everything seems to fall off for the next, you know, there might be like a month where it's just like super hot, but then everything falls off after that. And everyone's sort of buying the newest release. And I just did an episode of the basketball card strategy show right here on the sports card strategy feed, talking about what to do, how to kind of discipline yourself and where to go when a new product release comes out. So what do you do as a football card investor when something like this happens, the market's down and a new release comes out. What's your strategy? Is anything you're buying right now in this particular uh, situation? Yeah, I don't think you're going to find any, you know, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert desirable cards going well under market comps like those, you know, everybody's on those. But if you just go like one tier under those guys. And, and so a guy I'm targeting a lot this offseason, especially right now, is Jalen Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you know, they added A.J. Brown to their team, you know, a generational talent to their team through the dra- trade in the draft. They also bolstered the defense. And so it's it's like wheels up for Jalen Hurts this year in Philadelphia. Um, and we, we saw a pretty big hype spike for him coming off of the draft, and that's cooled off. And especially now with this new product and everybody's, you know, investing in 2021 Prism, I'm going back and looking at guys like Jalen Hurts and finding Prism Silver's you know, ending an auction for around $20. And, and I mean, I'm not expecting them to get up to Joe Burrow levels of, and Justin Herbert levels of five to $600 raw, but I do see those cards getting to $100, $150 here as the season kicks off. You, um, the uh, the training camp, the actual that's training nice camp flip. starts. Yeah, right, that's, that's a nice flip, man. If you, if you can find a bunch of those cards, potentially even some rookie ticket autos, at like 150, for example, when you have Burrow and Herberts going for three grand, 
You know, it just leaves you with a ton of room for upside, big market team, new weapons, you know, a ton of hype for him. He's already getting some hype uh, with some clips that have leaked with his new throwing motion and improved throwing motion. That's been the big question mark about him. And, and uh, training camp starts mid-July. I think that's when we're going to see the market start to heat up significantly because that's a, a three-week period before preseason when teams are it's, – it's time for them to get into competition shape. And so that's when we start seeing the most amount of beat reporters at these events, leaking footage, talking about this, talking about this person being the starter, talking about this person stepping up and connecting big time with their quarterback. And so that's when we start seeing volume start to go up and we start to see the football card market become very sensitive to what's going on uh, at those events. And then preseason, it, it can, it can get quite electric in preseason. Then the beginning of the season is a big crescendo. So it sounds Dylan like we're... value is super good. I'm looking at eBay comps right now compared to Russell Wilson. I mean, and I think both of them will have nice years, but when I'm looking at the eBay, uh, like there's a 2020 contenders rookie ticket auto out of 199 for 450. Like that's a great price. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It is a great price for the scarcity, the autograph, like the whole, the, all the assets that that card contains. And then you add in the athletic ability. And it's just that one question mark about Jalen Hurts and it's his, it's his ability to pass the ball. But what he did excel in last year, according to Pro Football Focus's grades, is short and intermediate passes. And they added the best short and intermediate wide receiver in the game in AJ Brown. So it's going to be a big, uh, benefit to him and he's going to get a lot of media coverage a lot of hype coming into september as he's still you know their bona fide qb1 for at least 2022 you know and if he could earn the the trust and confidence coming out the the philadelphia eagles also have another very easy schedule this year and their defense is going to be even better like they added key pieces to linebackers the defensive line through the draft secondary uh, just recently added another stud corner from the Giants and uh, Brad, Brad Bradbury. So I think they're going to be really good in 2022, potentially uh, division winners. And so I think Jalen Hurd's values are going to go up big time from where they're at now. That's awesome. We're totally aligned on the strategy, first of all, of going back a few years whenever there's a new release and looking for bargains. That's, I think, 100% what smart sports card investors need to do. And I think that we're also totally aligned on Jalen Hurts. He currently sits number 17 overall in our football card rankings at nooffseason.com, but I'm debating moving him up uh, a little bit over a couple, a couple guys, uh, especially Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Jamar Chase currently sit ahead of him, so I might have to update that because I do agree with you on the fact that it sure seems like the Eagles are doing everything they can to put him in a position to succeed, adding A.J. Brown and – just you know showing their their confidence in him and uh to that to that point what other teams have made moves that have positively impacted or do you anticipate positive impact occurring for particular players from a football card perspective this season yeah, absolutely. I, I think the, the biggest, like the first and foremost one was Russell Wilson uh, signing with the Denver Broncos. Uh, that was huge. That was absolutely huge for Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, uh, even KJ Hamler. Uh, they traded Noah Fant as part of the trade and drew Locke to Seattle, but that left 
Albert Uekbunum in, uh, in Denver as the tight end one, who's got an incredible athletic profile, very fast for a tight end. Uh, actually, a, a big portion of his routes that he ran last year as the tight end two, he was targeted on. So it'll be very interesting to see how the, the, the target uh, share kind of divvies out there in Denver, but we've seen clear price increases in Jerry Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton, even Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick was undrafted, so he's got very few rookie cards. They actually, you know, it's interesting. Panini goes back, so Tim Patrick's a guy is a red zone threat. He plays on the outside, but he, he's got some really good athletic ability winning contested catch scenarios. Uh, Panini actually went back and printed him in 2020 product, even though he went undrafted out of 2017. So, um, and yeah, just, he had literally no rookie cards, but like some Sage products. So they actually went and printed them in 2020 select for, for whatever reason. And uh, it's interesting how they do things like that. But um, so yeah, Denver Broncos players, obviously that's big time Cleveland Brown players, even though we still don't have a timeline of when Deshaun Watson's coming back. Um, another big uh, increase this offseason has been Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz goes to the Washington Commanders. We love this situation for Michael Pittman Jr. on the Indianapolis Colts, who's like, you, you can't, you can look around the entire league and find more of, a, of an alpha almost out there on 100% of the snaps uh, at, at a high target share rate than Michael Pittman Jr. on the Colts, and he's getting a clear quarterback upgrade. Matt Ryan is a, is a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's 37 years old, but I still think he's got a couple more years on his arm. He's, he's like a little bit of a younger version of Phillip Rivers, and, and we saw what Phillip Rivers was able to do with the Colts. It was pretty impressive. He took them to the playoffs, and I think that's ultimately what they're looking for. They're going to lean on Jonathan Taylor, who was the number one running back in the game last year, and they've got an above-average offensive line, but now you, you get Matt Ryan back there who's got a, a better arm than Phillip Rivers had and a, a little bit more consistent. And it's wheels up for Michael Pittman Jr. this year in Indianapolis as a wide receiver one. Uh, so we've seen his stock go up as a result. Uh, so I, I really like that, that play there. Um, and then, of course, we've had a lot of wide receiver changes. We've had 17 wide receivers in the NFL change teams this offseason, Paul. So, um, you know, Guys like Devontae Adams from the Packers to the Raiders. I mean, this is big for Derek Carr. We saw clear price increases in Derek Carr's rookie cards. There's going to be hype for Derek Carr heading into the season as well. You know, it's 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 an absolute arms race in the AFC West. So it, it's going to be the most fun division to watch. These guys play each other twice a year. It's going to be the most fun division to watch all season long. But Derek Carr has got absolutely the, arguably the best weapons you could ask for in uh, – and Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and then Darren Waller. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's fun, man. Yeah. You've done an amazing job breaking down um, the impact of position player movements and just position players in general, other than quarterbacks, um, not only on the football card strategy show, but in particular on what you do on your football card quest channel. And I know you have the, the quest cast and there's a premium version of your YouTube that, people can really dig into if they join your channel. Um, so that's phenomenal. And, and I like the Michael Pittman call. I like the Matt Ryan call. I think there's a lot of opportunities there. Um, on Devontae Adams and Derek Carr in particular, and like, I mean, let's break down actually like two of the higher profile names. So like Tyreek Hill moved, mm -hmm. Devontae Adams moved. They're probably the two biggest ones, right? So um, what do you think the impact is on, um, let's say Tua and Tyreek Hill? from a card perspective versus say Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, like 
I guess I could frame the question like if you had to pick a duo between the two of them, who would you invest in? Or, or you can just give me your take on all of them. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to go with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. Uh, they just have a more proven track record. They, they also have the college pedigree together at Fresno State, where Devontae Adams had roughly 1,500 receiving yards both years. He played with Derek Carr as his quarterback at Fresno State. So you absolutely love to see that. Um, and then you add in the other weapons that Carr has and all the experience he now has. Plus, they bring in Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator from the New England Patriots, as the new head coach of the Raiders. Uh, so absolutely love all that stuff. In, in Miami, yes, they bring in Tyreek Hill. They bring in Mike McDaniels, who is the former uh, coordinator from the San Francisco 49ers. So he's going to bring in a lot of that Kyle Shanahan uh, run-heavy setup play-action mentality from San Francisco over to Miami. And if you notice – Miami's actually added several running backs this offseason. They've added uh, Sony Michelle. They've added Chase Edmonds. Uh, I think recently uh, uh, one of the guys is slipping my, slipping my uh, mind right now, but they've added literally like four running backs this offseason to their depth chart. Probably going to cut one of them. But, it, I mean, what they're looking to do more in Miami is a lot of movement at the line of scrimmage. Give Tua a lot of help in helping him like make decisions, also a lot of trick plays. You're probably going to see some handoffs to Tyreek Hill. Um, I still think it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, Tyreek Hill and Tua connect in the receiving game because Tua has such a strong connection with Jalen Waddell, a second-year player. And, and Jalen Waddell and Tua went to college together, and they were fairly prolific at Alabama. So – they have this connection. Obviously, we saw Jalen Waddle break out last year with Tua. And it's going to be very interesting to see how that target share breaks up. Obviously, Tyreek's going to be schemed in a ton. He's going to be the first read a lot because of how much they paid for him and how explosive he is. But Jalen Waddle's right behind him. Plus, he's got all that chemistry with Tua. And I'm just not sure that Tua has got the athletic ability or the, the arm ability to, to make some of the downfield throws that may be presented to him. You know, that's kind of my concern with Tua. Uh, and, and you have Mike McDaniels, who wants to, to establish the run and, and more of this run-heavy offense versus Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, who are clearly going to be passing the ball a lot, especially in the AFC West. Josh McDaniels, the whole nine yards. So I think Tua is going to be on a much tighter leash. There's still a lot of hype for Tua because of his high school pedigree, because of his college pedigree, draft pedigree, the whole nine yards. There's a lot of, of really deep-seated Tua fans out there. But this is the year for Tua to either, you know, prove it or lose it. Because I, I could see a situation where Tua is benched by, like, week six. I could also see a situation where Tua is being uh, big-time hyped up by week six as well if he can actually make some of this stuff come to fruition to execute. It sounds like Tua's prices just haven't dropped enough to invest in him yet where he's a flyer, but he still has so much hype that you just, you can't go there yet. Is that, is that where yeah, you stand I see, with him? I see him trading around the same as Jalen Hurts, sometimes more. Like I see reaches for Tua's cards more often than Jalen Hurts. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think that for me, I would, I would rather invest in, in Jalen Hurts. Uh, there's also, you know, still, I think some injury concern to it is just more fragile. Uh, he's just a, a smaller mm -hmm. player. He's more fragile. He's got the hip injury from college that still kind of, kind of hangs over him, kind of haunts him because that was a, that was a very similar injury to the one that ended Bo Jackson's career back in the nineties. 
However, modern sports medicine, you know, they were able to fix him up. And, you know, now he's, what, three years removed from that. So um, I still think that kind of hangs over him. And he got banged up a couple weeks last year as well. And I still think that, I mean, when faced with serious pressure pack situations, I'm not sure that Tua is going to be able to execute to the level that uh, certainly not the level that a Derek Carr is going to execute at. So I'm way more bullish on on Derek Carr from that aspect. I think you're also going to see a lot more primetime shootout scenarios from Derek Carr and Devontae this year. So I, I'm staying away from from Tua at the t- for the time being. Love it. All right. Well, let's talk about – I'm going to run you through a gauntlet. Actually, it's not a gauntlet. It's just one – round of a gauntlet <laughs> and it's 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 not only because we love you but it's because we respect you that we lead this gauntlet with the guy that we know that you were very high on from your last appearance on the sports card strategy show and i just wonder <laughs> if kendall knows who it is kendall can you uh, can lead I us guess? into this one is it mike Gusecki? you go guess it is none other than mike jasicki yeah. And if I had a producer for this show, I would have that producer bring up a clip of how enthused Andy was when he was talking about Mike oh, boy. But, I, but if you had to buy Mike Jacecki contenders, rookie ticket autos, and I did this on the fly, everybody. I was not prepared for this. Otherwise, I would have prepared Andy for it. Or the man that you just mentioned less than 10 minutes ago, who I had never heard of, Albert he also mentioned him in the last when podcast. He did. I did not know that. Kendall, all right. Wait, wait I a I just remember it being there. a, wor- a name that I was like, there's no way I know how to spell that. Aquigbunam. Yeah, Albert Uigbunam. Or just Albert Uigbunam. No, I like to say, say it again. I like to get this correct. Albert Uigbunam. Uigbunam. Albert Uick Boonham. All right, we got that. So you can get his contender's rookie ticket auto, just the non-serial numbered version. It looks like for under $12 in some, in some scenarios. And then it looks like Giuseppe. I mean, I, I kid, but like, I, I don't mean to kid because like, I'm just, I just love Andy and I'm poking a little fun at him. But the reality is like, he goes deep and this is legit. This is real football card investing, like pro style here. And, you know, Giuseppe, like, these are plays. I mean, you get his rookie ticket auto um, comparatively the same one for $59.99 or just under $59.99. So of these two flyers, Andy, like it sounds like, you know, Russell Wilson's involved now and, and Giuseppe, you know, still has Tua and all these other weapons, Tyreek Hill and all that, even though, you know, fantasy football comes into play. I think when you go this deep into football card investing. So talk us through, like, if you had to pick, between these two tight ends and why who do you pick and and like actually what's the play like is it a fantasy football type play where like this is your cheap waiver move and then you're like you're waiting for that week where you think they're going to blow up when you put them in your starting lineup meaning like aka you list to the card is that like give us kind of your overall thought process uh in addition to kind of picking between these two tight ends here if, if you had to yeah so as of right now, I think that Albert O is going to have the higher upside compared to where you can buy into him at. Because Russell Wilson is, without a doubt, a much better quarterback than Tua. And you're, you're talking about a team that's in the AFC West 
in that shootout division that we're talking about with the Chargers and the Raiders and the Chiefs. Um, it's, it's, so it's going to be an incredible shootout schedule, shootout after shootout after shootout for the Denver Broncos, which just means more routes run, more opportunities for Albert O to get receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, et cetera. So, and, and he's got a limited uh, supply of his rookie cards because he wasn't drafted until the fourth round. Now, I do love Mike Chisicki from a receiving standpoint. The guy has higher draft pedigree, uh, drafted in the second round. Uh, he's also got an insane athletic profile. You know, he's 6'6", 247. Um, he runs at 454, so a guy his size running that at that speed with the wingspan that he's got is just insane. So he's a huge target. He lines up more like a receiver most of the time, and that's kind of uh, the downside to him as a tight end and downside to him uh, at this point in this year post Tyreek Hill addition to the Miami Dolphins offense is that he's not the – he's not going to be the best guy at pass blocking or run blocking. So he's more of a, he's a true receiving style tight end. And when you have target competition of Jalen Waddle and Tyree kill, um, they also added Cedric Wilson from the Dallas Cowboys. So you add in a lot of target competition. I don't think that um, Mike Tosicki with an inferior quarterback at Tua and Mike McDaniels as their head coach, a run-heavy run head coach, is going to get nearly the same amount of opportunity this year that Albert O is going to get in the Denver Broncos. Much uh, more pass-heavy offense. It, it's, they're going to be passing the ball a lot, probably at a 60-40% ratio. Um, and so I'm, I'm way more bullish on him. Plus – uh, it's obvious that the entry price point on Albert O is better, but you know, Mike Jacecki is a, he's a, so if you're playing dynasty fantasy football, where you're stuck with these guys over the, the life of their career, unless you cut or trade them, I think Jacecki is a good athlete. He's a good guy to have on your squad. And, you know, I do think he's going to have some relevant weeks where he's getting some touchdowns. Um, I, I don't necessarily see a good path for the Dolphins to make a playoff run this year. It's possible, but they're going to have to get through the Buffalo Bills, of course, the, the New England Patriots, and then all these other teams in the AFC we're talking about. But just in their own division, I don't even see them as a, uh, a possible first-place contender in their own division. And there's a reason why the Dolphins also added Teddy Bridgewater to their quarterback room, because if Tua – steps on his you-know-what and, and uh, does not play well coming out of the gate or potentially gets injured, Teddy Bridgewater is a very competent uh, bridge quarterback. You know, comes from the Denver Broncos, right? And, uh, but Teddy Bridgewater is a journeyman at this point. He's almost like the, the late, great Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, where you could – he's a starting uh, quarterback caliber. He's just not like a, you know, league-winning, game-winning, Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I love. Can I throw in a third player into the gauntlet? Please. Yeah, absolutely. David Njoku. So Albert just O signed a Albert, massive deal. Okay. And he did. Albert O against David Njoku. Yeah, okay, Albert O against David Njoku around thirty-five dollars. Most recent, so a little bit under uh, Gusecki's uh, value in terms of price point. Some of those question marks that you presented with um, quarterback and schedule and all that kind of stuff, a little different in Njoku's case. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, love David Njoku as well. Another incredible athlete. Uh, actually, and David Njoku was drafted in the first round from 2017. Also love 2017 product, same draft class as Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, uh, coincidentally enough. So 
I think the biggest question mark for Najoku is when are we going to get Deshaun Watson? Like, if Deshaun Watson is suspended for 2022, which is what all the reports still indicate that he's going to be suspended for a whole nother season, um, I, man, it's hard to get. But however, what if Baker Mayfield, <laughs> what if he's technically still on the roster right now? Baker Mayfield's still on the Browns roster. So what if Baker Mayfield actually uh, plays for the Browns in, in, uh, in 2022 because Deshaun Watson is confirmed misses the entire season, which would be then the worst deal that the Browns have ever made in history because not only uh, have they paid Deshaun Watson historically historic guaranteed money of hundreds of millions of dollars, they would be on the hook to pay him all this money in 2022 and him not to play. It's hard for me to think that he's going to be suspended for a full year knowing how much money they paid him. You know, but it's it's a possibility, and Baker Mayfield's still there. What if Baker Mayfield plays? I think Njoku uh, is an, is a very interesting option, uh, but all, only 500 receiving yards last year. I mean, he's such a good tight end, though. And, also, and Austin are, Hooper was there last year. And Austin Hooper was there. So now David Njoku is clear tight end one with less target competition. I do like that. He's got more experience with Baker Mayfield uh, than Amari Cooper, who just who just jumped in the fold. You lost Jarvis Landry. So you still got Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz. I like you drafted David Bell, who I'm 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 really uh, interested about as a prospect. Um, I think it all comes down to who's the quarterback. But David Njoku, same price as Albert O. I still got to go Albert O. because of the quarterback situation, the certainty that we have at quarterback in Denver. Cool, and, but it was and, but it was a more competitive, more competitive. Um, and Kevin Stefanski is a, a known, notoriously a run-heavy coach. Right. Uh, so they still have one of the best offensive lines. You still have got one of the best downfield runners in the game in Nick Chubb. Still got Kareem Hunt. You know, still got Darius Johnson behind him. So I still think that, you know, Albert O is going to get a lot more opportunity this season than him. But it's, it is a little bit closer there because uh, I am a big fan of David Njoku. Yeah, I kind of like Good how question, Cleveland Kendall. was able to uh, to bring. I'm a Browns fan, that's why I brought it up. Uh, but I liked how he was. A, he 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 almost was out the door when they brought in Hooper, and he kind of fought his way back into that tight end one role. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's very true. He, he and he had some big games. Like he's got serious yards after catch ability. Um, he can he can even get behind the defense sometimes and make some deep. Uh, deep receiving plays. So I, I think Najoku's got the ability to make those splash plays. You've also got the Browns who are, are going to be in primetime scenarios, right? And, and they're going to be setting up for the passing game well. It's just like, I wish we had some more clarity to to the uh, quarterback room. I also, still, I also still <laughs> think, though, that Baker Mayfield's a buy. Like, so many people fail to realize that he played through injury last year on multiple occasions, which actually hurt him. You know, that's what hurt his stock so much. Like, if he hadn't played through the shoulder injury and then the rib injury and the injuries were just piling on, like, we may not be looking at him in the same light. Like, he he wouldn't have had those interceptions, all those interceptions and all those failures to execute uh, if he just didn't play. But he's such a competitor that he forced through it to try and help get his team. Like, people forget that they just had Kansas City on the ropes in the playoffs the year before after destroying the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in the wild card round, right? In the divisional round, they had Kansas City on the ropes. And then last year, the season opener, the Browns against the Kansas City Chiefs, they had them on the ropes again throughout the first half. Baker Mayfield looked incredible. 
Uh, and, of course, he's the Heisman Trophy winner, got the draft capital. So I, I think his prices right now are super low. He's an interesting buy for me as well. How about a Baker Mayfield 2019 Prism Color Blast PSA 10 going for a less than a third of the price just a couple months ago? Now, this was before a lot of the Deshaun. This is probably right after they signed Deshaun Watson, obviously. So nothing's really sold since then. But, uh, I mean – September 2021, this card sold for $1,878, and then this offseason, $504. I'm not saying that's a common card that you can just go scoop up for $500, but it is interesting when you think about making a bigger Baker Mayfield play on a short printed card, uh, given the circumstances that Andy's talking about. Not sure how you guys feel about, about that move, but it is interesting to think about. Yeah, you've got a lot of good quarterbacks to comp them comp them to right you got Josh Allen Lamar Jackson from 2018 you could even say okay what are Sam Darnold's cards currently trading for and look at that as the floor and if and if Baker's cards are only a little bit more in comparison to the same scarcity of a card of, of Sam Darnold then it's like okay I'm gonna buy it because Baker Mayfield is a way better quarterback than Sam Darnold and Baker's gonna get a, a starting opportunity again somewhere and we've seen him make some incredible throws seeing him flash the upside when he's healthy uh, on the field and I know there's that whole thing like well he's got drama in the locker room he's definitely there's some there's some egotistical stuff going on there maybe a little bit of narcissism from Baker Mayfield but uh, he doesn't like to be told when he's wrong you know he's like maybe one of those guys that say no it's the receiver's fault instead of you know his fault on on certain plays and and but the the Browns absolutely did him dirty in this this whole deal. Uh, so I think Baker's definitely getting a starting job somewhere. There's already been uh, two teams, you know, Seahawks. Obviously, they're not sold on Drew Locke or Geno Smith. And then the Panthers obviously are potentially desperate this year for a starting quarterback. So they're still in the market for Baker Mayfield as well. And I think they they're the ones who actually went on the record and said that the Browns release Baker, we would sign him tomorrow. Super interesting. The level of irony that investors in both Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield have uh, in common, what they have in common is ironic to me, is what I'm trying to say, because it's almost like Deshaun was this superhero quarterback and then plummeted and everyone's probably just been holding on him. And now I would think that Baker people from a year ago are maybe still holding on him and both are still hoping that these guys are going to both hit the field and, and show their true potential that they, they both once had. So it'll be a, an amazing NFL season coming up uh, for football card investors. Sounds like we're in a buying season right now, probably through that, that hype period in July and, and, and probably right around the national, which is July 27th through the 31st will probably be, I would guess a tipping point kind of to the other way where it might become uh, the season to list. So I think do your buying now and then you're holding in August and uh, you're holding and listing during the season. Andy, would you, uh, would you agree or disagree with that? And there's probably caveats, obviously, because things change all the time with injuries, as we know from playing fantasy football. But uh, that's kind yeah. of my thought on, on the seasonality based on what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think we are in a great buying window right now. Um, like there's more players we didn't even talk about, but there, we are in a great buying window right now, especially not for the youngest guys. Like so much focus on the 2021 prism and pretty soon optic and select. Um, and 
2022 Prism draft picks, which I know we talked earlier in the show about Bowman U for, for new prospect. But 2022 Prism draft picks is going to highlight all the best uh, draft selections from this past draft. And it's going to be a licensed product. It is college uniform, but it's a licensed product. That's coming out soon. So you got a lot of focus on this stuff. It's a little unique this year. Um, but we're, we're seeing still, you know, obviously, right, if you're holding a card of Justin Jefferson, Jonathan Taylor, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, any of the, the best players in the league, and it's a rare card and it's iconic, like, yeah, you can still go ahead and list that now and make good money on that card. But if you wait till August, September, you may it's, it may not change a whole lot, maybe a little bit more, right? But there's a, there's a lot of other players. Like, just if you just go one tier under those guys, the second tier players, uh, and then the third tier players, and, and those guys are super low right now. You can snipe those guys, like what I like to say, in auctions that end on eBay throughout the week where you can find, even buy it now. It's like, like watch some Baker Mayfield buy it now. There's a potential that seller is just going to send you an offer trying to sell that card and you could come out like a bandit, you know, but these are values that are going to go up big time August, September. Like look at Gronk. Gronk still hasn't signed with the Bucks, but the writing's on the wall. He's absolutely going to sign with the Bucks. He's, he's at OTAs with him right now, working out with Tom Brady, laughing it up, you know? I mean, there's, there's no like, to me, there's no, there's no mystery that he's going to sign. Like, he's definitely going to run it back with Brady. You're like, are you kidding me? But his value is still – I'll see him dip, like, right now. Like, I'm targeting his chrome because the chrome from uh, 2010, like, that's a nice card, you know, and that's a card I've seen get up to $50, $60. And right now you can potentially snipe an auction for, like, under 20 I think that's the, you know, very good buy. Guys like that have a lot of safety. You know, you go look at uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, similar situation for him ever. He's missing the first six weeks due to PEDs. But he'll be right back in explosive offense. You could potentially secure some of his nice stuff. For, like I saw a rookie ticket auto for him in the other day in auction for like 50 bucks. That's an incredible value when you compare him to other really good wide receivers. Jamar Chase from 20, you know, Jamar Chase, he, of course, he's going like $500 for his rookie ticket auto. It's a huge disparity there. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I almost did did pull trigger on some Gronk, uh, some higher-end Gronk, Topps Chrome uh, uh, rookie autos after I heard you uh, on the Football Card Strategy Show talking about Gronk and D-Hop, both great calls. And, yeah, I think I'd probably rather put my – $50 Tyler Van Dyke investment maybe into a guy like DeAndre Hopkins as a quick flip just because then I don't have to wait like a whole year I can wait just maybe like a few months a few weeks to flip a D-hop but um great stuff Andy before we let you go I know Kendall had a fantasy football question that he wanted to to drop into the sports card strategy show Kendall do you do you still remember what you wanted to ask Andy uh, on the fa- the fantasy football side of things I assume it was just a amazingly selfish move um, on your part amazingly selfish actually yeah you're correct so why don't you go ahead and be amazingly selfish right here on the sports card strategy show so Andy um, you actually almost brought it up earlier and I didn't even have to ask it but I'm going to have to ask it now because you didn't refer to actual names um, so I'm in a dynasty league that is um we drafted once and we do a first player, first, first year player draft. We don't drop anyone, you know, like it's not like a, you can keep two or three guys. It's like full roster. You can keep it's uh, uh dual quarterbacks, um, 
and tight ends uh, have a pro rate. Basically, like uh, their catches are 1.5 instead of one. Um, does that all make sense so far? Yeah, full full dynasty with a tight end premium. Yeah, and double quarterback. And double um, quarterback. So last year I finished around mid table. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't have the best running back situation, so I just started picking up people. But I'm in a bit of a pickle now because pretty much everyone on my roster signed with the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> so I literally have Chase Edmonds, Tyreek Hill, uh, uh, Miles Gaskin, um, let's see, Teddy Bridgewater for my second quarterback, uh, uh, let's see, Sony Michelle. Um, there's some more of them. Hold on. Um, and uh, Mostert. That's right. Raheem Mostert was the other one that signed with the, with so the Dolphins. I, I think I have almost the entire Miami Dolphins running back core, and I've got to move on from obviously some of them. They can't all play. You know, so obviously it's a very deep league as well because I'm rostering some dudes that are that you would never roster. For instance, I have Kellen Mond on my team. So, uh, so there's 16 teams That's in this league. Deep. Yeah, there's 16 teams in this league, and we have like uh, I think 30 man rosters. So, I mean, you, you're you're sniping people that literally most of the, sometimes don't even have. Oh, Kendall, sorry, Andy, to cut you off here, but yeah. Kendall. Let me ask you, you said 30-man rosters. Tell me this has individual defensive players, because if it doesn't, I mean, you are, you're, dra- you're drafting like the fourth and fifth QBs on some teams. Oh, yeah. You're so correct about team that. defense. No. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Actually, we don't even have defense. Okay. Well, there's no, there is no defense. Oh, okay. Okay, no wow. defense. I like that even better. But, I, okay, wow. Yeah, that's way deeper than my league. Yeah, I'm not sure I like it, to be honest, but I'm in it. Well, you, There's you've zero got, draft yeah. every year. You're, you're in the position where it's like, man, you're in rebuild mode. <laughs> yeah, instantly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because you've got to – like, obviously, I think the Dolphins are going to cut one of these guys, and they just signed Chase Edmonds. He's getting paid pretty good money. He's going to be their starter. Sony Michelle is more of a backup deal. Raheem Mostert's on a little prove-it deal. Miles Gaskin is the guy they drafted from 2019, so his contract is coming up. I could see them uh, trading or releasing him from the team if any of these guys. But I think they're going to keep that depth because it's Mike McDaniel's plan from the 49ers, and you see the kind of running back depth they need on the 49ers because the type of run schemes that they run that cut to the outside and cut up field – is a very dangerous run play. It's like a lot of running back injuries result from that. So I think that that's, that's why they've got this depth. Like that's their game plan heading into 2022. Uh, so I, I think you get rid of Miles Gaskin, but I think you probably already, you, you need to start looking at, um, I would say trading Tyree Kill. See if you could trade Tyree Kill on some hype, maybe get a couple like uh, lower guys a tier down like maybe you could pick up like an Allen robinson and a future first or second round pick from next year for tyree kill nice maybe uh-huh. two wide maybe you can get two wide receivers or maybe you can get Allen robinson and Tyrion davis price who's a rookie that was just drafted from san francisco uh, by san francisco in the third round and i think that 
uh, Tyrion Davis-Price is going to break out in that offense this year ahead of Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, Jeff Wilson, all those guys they have because they've never spent uh, third-round capital. Like, they spent six-round draft capital last year in Elijah Mitchell, and you guys saw what he did in that offense. Well, this year they spent third-round capital in Elijah Mitchell, which tells you that they felt like they need they had a need, and they also wanted to spend up and get a tank from LSU. Uh, and the guy is still fast. He's built really solid. And I think that uh, Tyrion Davis-Price is a really good asset to have in Dynasty at some point this year because Elijah Mitchell, even his rookie season, missed like six games uh, due to injury uh, just because of the way that they use those guys in the San Francisco offense. So, I mean, maybe you can get you could get a couple like tier two assets, maybe a future pick for Tyree Kill. I would, t- I would totally do it. Cool. Thanks for the advice. Love it. All but right. you're, you're two quarterbacks, man. You, so you have to start two quarterbacks on a weekly basis. Yeah. And you've got Teddy Bridgewater. And who is your, who is your oh, starting my, my starter is Josh Allen. Oh, okay. So you've got Josh Allen to kind of carry. So listen there, to the right? rest of the team. I have Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Chase Edmonds, Tyreek Hill, Amon St. Brown. Uh, and then I did draft Jamison Williams in the first round this year. I have Kyle Pitts, um, Dalton Schultz, and David Njoku. So you're not in total rebuild mode. Like, I mean, just my I like... bench is just only Miami players. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, I mean, I, yeah, I would try and pack, do like a package deal with Tyree Kill and, and get some like tier two assets and, and a future first round pick. Because think about it. You got uh, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud coming out next year. If you could potentially. I don't know, package, package these up for a first-round pick with Tyreek Hill and, and then kind of, you know, play this season w- with Josh Allen carrying the team at quarterback because, you know, the chances of Bridgewater playing are low, but it's still definitely a chance. Like, he's one injury away or potentially a two a screw-up away from starting in Miami because they really just need a game manager at this point with all the, the weapons they've got, right? So, uh, you know, I think that's, that would be a really interesting approach you could take and then look to secure a first-round pick next year to potentially get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Now, all of a sudden, in 2023, you're in the catbird seat. Nice. Yeah, that sounds, sounds like a good plan. Trade Teddy Bridgewater to the Tua owner for something. Yeah, maybe you could, maybe you could do a, a package deal with Teddy Tyreek and to the Tua owner, because that's appealing stack value there uh, for a future first round pick. And, and then you just tank your season. So is, is last place get the first number one overall pick next year? Yeah. So unless there's no punishment to last place, like you have to get like a, a My Little Pony tattoo on your leg or something like that. <laughs> it's not that serious. <laughs> then maybe you could just tank your season and get the first number one overall pick next year. And, and draft uh, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Not a bad option. My thought was that hey. to- Sony Michelle doesn't fit into the scheme. And so, like, they would keep – I don't think they want to keep Gaskin long-term, but they – because they've obviously not let him be the guy since over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. They bring in uh, Mostert and they bring in uh, Edmonds. So, those are going to be a guys that – I think if Mostert comes back healthy, he's going to be on that roster, I think. And then you've got Gaskin on a rookie deal, so you might as well keep him at three, and then Sony Michelle's just down here. Is that the right way of thinking yeah, about that? Yeah, I think, I think Sony Michelle is going to be like your between-the-tackles, grinder, breather back between the 20s. Uh, Chase Edmonds is going to be the most 
comp the best combination of like youth and explosiveness with high end receiving ability. And then Raheem Mostert's like your stretch gap run play that the 49ers love to play and that Mike McDaniel is going to bring from Kyle Shanahan. So those tosses to the outside or those where the linemen shift to the outside and Mostert runs the outside and then cuts up field. Uh, so that's what Mostert's going to be there for. But Mostert is so fragile. Like he's like an older, more fragile version of Aaron Jones. So the chances of Mostert getting hurt are pretty high at this point. He's almost 30 years old. Like they're pretty high, man. But uh, he can execute at a high level if he doesn't get injured. Like, if you know, if he gets through those plays without getting injured. Um, and so that, that's kind of how I see them use, using those guys. And obviously, Gaskin is there for depth. We saw him be pretty explosive, break some tackles, uh, and pretty solid out of the receiving game as well. He's kind of like an undersized guy like Eckler, where he's just solid muscle and he just performs well on the field. But obviously, they wanted more, more speed, more depth, uh, to the team so I think that's kind of how I see it unfolding this year but they're, they're probably going to have to get rid of one of those guys maybe, maybe it's Salvan Ahmed maybe they release him cool thanks well fantasy football questions welcome on this video on YouTube we will answer them um, and if you want to ask fantasy football questions on the uh, Facebook group as well in honor of Kendall and Andy, we will let you do so and be more than happy to, to reply. Uh, and in, in good other good news, Albert Aquanegbaum is available in my dynasty league. My dynasty league is not as deep I as I looked, Kendall's. and he's not in and, mine. So, <laughs> Go get him, Paul. Go get him, man. I, I think I'm going to target him, my man. I think you have added so much value, not only to our audience, but to my life in general for many reasons. And I appreciate you being a part of the NoOffSeason.com family. I encourage everyone to check out what you're doing over at Football Card Quest. And I encourage everyone to check out what Kendall and his partners are doing over at Wild Cards Box Breaks on Facebook and JustBaseball.com. These guys are both amazing experts in their particular fields. And I am honored to have them as part of the team at NoOffSeason.com. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening to the Sports Card Strategy Show. This has been episode 35. I would love it if you check out NoOffSeason.com and the hard work that my team and I are doing on our Sports Card Investment Report. If you want to try to dig as deep as Andy and Kendall do into the sports cards to buy per athlete, you can save 20% on our premium version by using the promo code NOOFFSEASON, all lowercase at checkout. Everybody, thanks so much for watching and listening, and have a great day.